for the podcast and set. Woo! This this I, week, of course, my guest is Mr. Jonathan Mango. All right. Hello. I've never done a I've never done a podcast sitting like this with someone. It's always facing. This is kind of an odd. It's like it's like cheating on stage. Yeah, that's better. It is. Uh, How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. Well, thanks for coming out. Uh, one of the guys I work with here was telling me that you came out of, uh, what's it called, SAC? SAC uh, Comedy Theater in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. You know, um, it's, when, when people hear Orlando, they think, oh, it's like a Disney thing. It's, it is not and was not. Um, it was totally in a different part of town. It was downtown. And it was just the locals that would come see our show. So uh, there was no tourism aspect at all. So was, was it a big place? It was, or? it was pretty big. I mean, I, th- I think it sat uncomfortably uh, like 180, 200 people. And uh, there wasn't a lot of improv at the time in town. And there wasn't a lot of stuff for people to do that wasn't Disney. So that plus the fact we were doing a clean show, theater sports. Right. We got all the college kids and the high school kids. And we, we were, did 13 shows a week. It was great. Is that what it was basically? Uh Theater sports. Yeah, it was mo- mostly theater sports. We we you know we'd work on a sketch show. Sometimes they'd do a uh, they'd write original comedy plays that they'd put up. But the the bread and butter and the the thing we did you know three on Friday, three on Saturday was the uh, was theater sports. Is that how you met Wayne? It is. Yeah, yeah. We started uh, it, at that place together. Together. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's kind of funny to think about that back then. I'm sure you're like because now you're both doing the let's make a deal. Let's right? make a deal. Yeah. Yeah. So you think back then, like, yeah, you know what's going to happen? You and I are going to host <laughs> we're gonna, this. We're going to be in a game show. We're going to host this game show. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you go, go from there to where? So uh, the, the core group from there, um, we all moved to L.A. in like around 95, 96. We started doing shows here. We were called the House Full of Honkies. Was, uh, it was a funny name at the time. And then like Wayne eventually quit the group. And then we, we, we kept the name. So it was just called House Full of Honkies. And it was all white guys. And there was no irony. And it was just like, right. that's uncomfortable. But um, uh, we were here for about 96 to 2000, I think, three-ish. We did shows uh, all over town. Mostly at the Acme Theater on La Brea. All right. Back when it was a uh, sketch place. Right. Yeah. Well, that's because I, I met you like what, maybe five, six years ago? No, I don't think it was that long ago. Um, it seems like I mean, well, it was back when me, me and Heather were doing the cage was match. That, that wasn't five years ago, was it? I don't know. It seems like I, I four, f- was, four or five years ago. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, time just does not. It was a while ago. Stop. But yeah, I met you. Uh, our mutual friend Drew Carey, another game show guy, goes, "Hey, you got to come see this two-person show." Like oh, I don't want to go see a show. I have kids who when you have kids, I don't know if anyone here. You just you don't want to leave the house because you're tired all the time. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. And so I saw this guy and Heather, and I was just like, holy shit, you guys are so fucking good. It was yeah. just like it was amazing. It was amazing. And then I seen it three or four times after that, and every time it was just, it was really uh, really impressive stuff that you guys were doing. That was so nice of a. Uh... Drew, Drew became like a, a fan of that, which was amazing. Just to have this guy come down. He came down a lot. Yeah, came down a lot. And then he he, he took he wanted to take private improv classes from you, mm-hmm. and then he called me because it's easier to for to to play off of someone. And he goes, "Will you come take this class with me?" I was like, "Yeah." Like, who's doing it? And he's like, "Oh, Miles." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, of course." I'll it was actually kind of funny because he was he he signed up for my class here, right? And he's sitting in class with like maybe six eight people, and I'm just like. And I could tell he wasn't really digging it so much. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I can just come to your house, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm 
pretty sure you can afford it. Yeah. Uh, he can buy you another house for you to come right. in and just the improv house. But I, you know, I just, it was, I think I charged him like a, a, a hundred bucks a session or something, which yeah. is you know, just basically what I charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I went out there and it was funny cause you came, you came in, so I'm working with the two of you and I was like, all right. Cause then the, the, the two of you guys would, you know, start going off. Basically it was short form and that's, playing around and dicking around, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, which was fun, but I'm like, all right guys. <laughs> I remember a lot of times like let's let's, let's make this more real. Yeah. Well, there was what we we finally I think because all my training is short form and I've done long form and it's fun but it's not what I'm what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. So we we're we're doing that and then finally like three classes in at the end of the class we kind of hit this and you go that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and I go oh this is what long form feels that's like. That's what it feels that's like. That's what it feels like. That 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 that, that, that was interesting to me because yeah. you're both clearly funny guys yeah and i was like wow they're just they're they're always being funny they just <laughs> all they need is just to slow down for a second yeah. and, and the whole thing opens up it's, it's all it's very weird to me how you know we both do improv but the kind we the kinds of improv we do is so different even though it's the same thing the the subcategories are, are just very different that's what i love about this thing we're going to do tonight. This was basically just you and me. You're really good at it and I'm scared to no, do it. No, no, no. <laughs> that, it's, it's because because it's just you and I, there'll be no one else. You know, it'll just be how I react to you, how you react they, to me. Can they leave when we do this? No, they're going to be here. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but that's like, I found that with people like, because I don't think short form and long form are so different in their essence. No. Uh, no, no. I think it's a matter of like, who, who, who do you happen to be playing with? Yeah. Right? Uh, and what's the style of this particular piece going to be? Because you don't know yet. Sure. Um, so that, that's going to be fun later on. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we have to talk about shit. Let's talk. Uh, so your host. Oh, you're also doing Who's Line. Yes, I started finally getting to do Who's Line after auditioning for it for off and on for nine years. And I found out the secret. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the secret to getting on Who's Line is it's actually really, really simple now. Uh, start doing improv when you're 19. Do it every weekend of your life till you're 40. Um, audition <laughs> nine times for ni- over nine years and don't get hired. And uh, make your best friend the star of the show. With these three simple uh, techniques, anyone can be on Who's Line. Anyway. Well, I've blown it by a mile. <laughs> I started two years late and I'm 10 years past the time when I'm supposed to make friends with the guy on the show. Uh, I always thought the secret to improv was just, you know, start, you know, in your early 20s. Yeah. Uh, do it till you're 50. <laughs> right. And then, you know, be angry about your life. <laughs> that's not a, I don't know if that's probably the, the best. Uh, no, it's probably not the best somewhere? way. No, it's, I, 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 I joke about the, you know, the, there's, there's no money in improv, right? No. There's no, uh, so I, I joke about that a lot. But yeah, you know, it's, yeah. I, I think the reason that we still do it is that there's nothing, and I've had great opportunities to do television and gigs and films and stuff like that, but nothing is the same as doing an improv comedy show that's killing. There is no, there is no joy that equals that ever for me. Yeah, that's it's true. It's like I'm, I just reminded me that I remember doing, I tried to do it alone right? back in Chicago. Just be, Actually, just because the guy I was playing with didn't show up for the show <laughs> a few times. So I just I did the show 
by myself. And I was trying to do long form, which meant yeah. I was trying to do scenic, multiple character, just a long form like, like kind of piece. Like you're going to stand on the left and say something and walk over here and say yeah. something kind of thing? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I played all the characters. I did, you know, like an hour long piece uh, with multiple scenes, multiple characters, callbacks and all that stuff. And the first two times I did it, it just sucked. I just, yeah, I, I, I was like, ah, that didn't work. It didn't. But then by the third time, I kind of had it figured. And the third time, it was pretty good. And the fourth time, it was really good. And I remember after that, after that, that last time was the one that was most clear to me because it was really good. And the show was received incredibly well. I remember walking off stage thinking, this sucks because I have no one to share it with. Oh, wow. Because uh, usually you come off stage and you can talk, hey, yeah. when, when this happened, when, when, when we did this, yeah. But then I realized, wow, I, right now it's kind of like, wow, I, I, I should probably never do stand-up just because yeah. I, I think that would, I would just be lonely as all shit coming yeah, off stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's so wonderful to be able to share it with someone. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so what else is going on with you? Uh, that's about it. You got a couple kids. Well, <laughs> got you a got couple a couple kids. boys. Got a couple kids. I've been uh, doing a lot of writing lately, which is um, cool and, and fun and hard, uh, really hard to do, but... Uh, I've written a couple things. I've made a couple pilots with my own money that um, weren't that great, but I notice each one is better than the last. Why and wasn't so, I cast in any of these projects? Um, what's, what's, what's going you know, on? I, I'm waiting for you to turn 50 so you can be angry at your life, <laughs> and then I'm going to capture that. You only have to wait like eight um, more days. One of them turned out really well. I put uh, your, your friend Heather Campbell in. It's called Open Carry. It's about a, a group of people that want to open carry their weapons at different locations oh, okay. and uh i put heather in that wayne brady was in that jim o'hare from parks and rec was in that. that that i was really proud of that i was probably busy <laughs> when that was yeah shooting. i don't i don't know we shot it um yeah we, i was probably what's, busy. what are we talking about now <laughs> <laughs> I, I was giving i was giving, I, I give everyone a hard time who does anything it doesn't put me in it uh <laughs> Well, that's great. Yeah, that's 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 fun to do. I mean, the, the game show is certainly uh, it's so weird because getting that gig is I've never announced anything in my life. I've never announced a word. And Wayne's my friend, and he goes, "I want my friend over there doing that." And I was like, "Okay, great." And so it turned into a gig, and it was like not what I do or had ever done. And they go, "You know, go ahead and read the copy to you know describe this Honda Civic." I'm like, how do? How, what am I supposed to sound like as an announcer? So I, I did my impression of cheesy announcer. Going, right. Yeah. I was like, it's a new Civic, this four wheel drive, blah, 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 blah. And you're thinking, you know, thinking that they're going to go, okay, hey, quit fucking around. And I finished it and they go, great. I was like, oh, oh my God, that's <laughs> it. I just have to do my impression of that guy. And that's the job. So that's a nice, that's a nice gig to fall it's a nice into. Gig. It's also great too, because, uh, on that particular show, unlike other other game shows, uh, we know what the games are on Let's Make a Deal, but everything else is improvised. So we'll just start riffing on something, or Wayne will decide to be a character, and I'll be a character, and then we're all doing characters, and he'll start singing a song. We have a keyboard player live there, and out of the blue, he'll start singing an R&B number <coughs> to a contestant, and I'll jump in and sing a verse. And right. It's just, there is no... They tell us to do whatever we want. Even if it's dirty, they say do it, and they'll cut it out, but they want us to feel like we're not held back by daytime clean you know isn't that kind of, isn't it i'm just imagining how, how wild that must feel because like i'm sure like that first you're like you're afraid like i'm gonna i don't want to upset the people who pay checks here yeah like so i'm afraid to do anything wrong like i remember i remember 
Adam McKay gave me like a line on Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. Or I like a, in the closing scene, I was supposed to be a cop who was going to shoot. That's me. why you couldn't do my pilot because you were doing Anchorman uh, at that time. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if you shot your pilot back then, okay. <laughs> uh, but I remember, you know, he, he's the director. Yeah. Right, and I it's the closing scene. I'm, I'm supposed to be a cop who's going to shoot the bear. Right. Yeah. I, I wound up being cut. But that day in the shoot, I remember like, all right, I start doing the thing. Like, all right, I, I got a clean shot. And I'm saying the lines. Uh, and then he starts just yelling at me, right? Just like fucking with me. Just like, say it this way, you know, try this. And I, I'm literally, I'm kind of doing it, but I'm, I'm so in my head going, Adam, don't fuck this up. <laughs> it's like, be cool, man. We're on a, like, I'm, I'm on a movie set. Yeah. <laughs> and it's beyond me. That, and he, it's his movie it's his set. Movie. Why are you trying so to? So he can yeah. do whatever the fuck he wants. I've since learned that like, that's his directing style. That he, yeah. can, well, he can do that. I'm like, that's just got to be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, to be able to drag so much of yourself, yeah, uh, in, into something like that, it's it's really great. It really is great, um, especially the part of him, of them saying, "Do whatever you want." And then we've dropped f bombs, done f- full on blowjob joke, like just things that just will not ever go on TV. But they want us to feel like you know, because I tour with Wayne and have for for many many years, and our show is not a clean show, so we're used to you know being right. dirty and. So they say, do it, do your thing. Do they, well, I imagine they then censor it. Oh yeah, no, they say they say do it, say whatever you want, and we'll just cut it out. So they just <laughs> they just cut it out. All right. And sometimes they, they 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 let some racy stuff come on too, which is surprising sometimes. So it's fun. It reminds me because Drew is nice enough to let me and Heather open for him for uh, that's right, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a handful of times on the road, and we're playing for the first house was like a, you know, a casino house somewhere. It's a Drew Carey stand-up house, and it's a casino house, so it's like, you know, it's it's not our house, right? No. It's, it's not an you better say house. dick in the first three words of your <clears throat> improv scene. Well, well, thing was, it's like we're like, well, what do we? And Drew just wanted us to do a twenty-minute set of what, just our stuff, yeah, which is God knows what. And I was kind of wondering, like, how true to ourselves are we going to be? Because this is going to be a different <laughs> house, yeah, and get different reactions. But we got them. And I knew we were true to ourselves because that set ended with Heather mime fucking an elephant. <laughs> uh, of course. And I was, course. I was like, all right, yeah, that's us. Yeah. And I imagine, like, I, I could hear, like, the, the audience, you know, a lot of them dug it, but I could also tell there's a lot of them, like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Why was all of that happening? It, it, which is so funny to me, so funny to me as an improviser because you realize some of those people, like, their experience is probably just whose line. Yeah. We're like, all right, I'm going to explain what's going to happen, and then we're going to do it, and it's going to be funny, and then we're going to stop, and then I'm going to explain to you what's going to happen next. Yeah. Or as we was like, can you yell a word at us, and then we're going to do 20 minutes of insanity, because <laughs> I'm sure the, the, the instant we edited a scene, they were like, what's going on? Why, why is he now someone else, yeah. and he's somewhere else, and she's a different person now? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny for, you know, when you're... When you do improv, you realize that some people don't even know what an edit is. Yeah, like that someone can pretend to be multiple. They, they say that characters. The, the, the some of the, the Indians in, in America they they saw the ships coming, but because they didn't know what a ship was, they didn't see it. I think that was probably like your improv show. They're just like, "What is that? What is happening? I'm laughing and I like it, but I don't know what it is." That was funny when we came out of that show. Some of the audience came up to us, just like that oh, was great. Some of the audience was like sort of hustling their kids by. Witchcraft. It's like, I don't know what that was. What the hell was that? But I found it really interesting just to try and, because I, I think we did for the most part get the audience as far as 
like you know we, we didn't you know choke or have a bad show or yeah. anything and it really i think it just came down to like in the very top of the show just we we tend to be obvious we tend to be like oh here's the based on what you just your suggestion here's the most obvious scene where we, we can think of yeah that's just where, where we start and that gets them to buy in there's also a thing is uh, when people are having fun it's hard to not like what they're doing if they're having fun like a lot, like the Super Bowl, a lot of my friends were were dissing the halftime show because they didn't think it was as good as old halftime shows. But and I'm not a Coldplay fan or a Beyonce fan, but it looked to me like they were having fun, so I was like totally happy to watch it. And it was like I, it, I wasn't bored, I wasn't turned off by it. I, the whole Black Panther thing—I don't know what that was about. I just saw people dancing and smiling and having fun. I'm like, how can you hate these people? They're all smiling and having fun. Oh yeah, I was the same way because I mean I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, it looks it looks yeah. like fun. It looks like there's some yeah. songs and they're dancing. They're not trying. They're not like trying to. Like, there's nothing worse than someone trying too hard to have fun. You know when they're re- we're having fun. It's just like oh, it just makes you uncomfortable. You know that. Yeah, it's so funny how how many people came down on that afterward. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't. I, I, that just looked like it was cool. You're cool. But then I realized that I was wrong because well, yeah. <laughs> there was apparently a lot of stuff going on that right. was just I needed to be aware of yeah. to to enjoy what was going on. <laughs> uh, it's like fuck that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just made it all political. That's what you did. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I barely knew, I mean, I knew I I, I know the, what the Black Panthers were, and I, I but but I, I don't know enough to really know the whole deal on the Black Panther. So if I don't know as a forty five year old do. 19-year-old kids don't give a shit. It's cool black berets and a cool tight black outfit, and that's, you know, it's like, right. what? what? Why are you so angry about people having fun? I, I didn't get it. And so what? Yeah. It's like, yeah. great. Yeah. I'm sorry. Isn't it, uh, you know, Black History Month, right? It's like, all right. Yeah. So that's going on. So there's a salute to X and the yeah. Black Panther. It's like, all right, great. Yeah. What's the, what's the what's problem? The, what's, how, is it, how does it threaten you watching the Super Bowl? Yeah, no, it's not, not, now it's getting me on a fucking... Calm down. Well, no, I'm, 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 Oh, God. The fucking... The, the, the activists that are still holding that fucking bird sanctuary and... Where uh, is that? I thought they were done. Didn't they shoot one and arrest a bunch the of last, them? I thought four were still there. Mm. These fucking morons out in... Where is that? Utah? It's got to be... Oregon. 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 One of those fucking states. They're all the yeah. same. <laughs> Oregon, Utah, whatever. Yeah. One of those states. But yeah, that whole, that whole, all that, that. Yeah. This country's fucked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't want to go down that road. Um, you I'm, already have. Yeah, and it, it's funny because now, because you know how it is once your mind yeah. starts going, yeah. Let me ask fucked. you a question. Let me ask you a question. All right. Uh, so, in the brief time that I, I I studied with you, I learned the the just the bullet points of your approach about how you sit in the scene and see what kind of scene it is and see what the other person is doing so that you know that your role. So as far as the the cemented version of how you teach improv and your approach to it, when did that? When did you go? Oh, this is a. I mean, was this did this happen twenty years ago? Was it ten years? When did you realize? Oh, this is how I'm going to explain it and how I'm going to teach it. Oh, that's been going on for about. 22 years oh so you've no i I haven't known because you know what what happened i think what happens a lot of a lot of teaching is like i i got to a place where i was doing the thing that i wanted to explain Mm -hmm. like i was a good player and i wanted to tell people how to be a good player but i didn't know how to right and then you start trying to figure that out and then the course it took me a long time to 
to get it down to a thing I could explain. Mm-hmm. It took me probably 12 or 14 years. Okay. Uh, so, so some, and it's still changing. Right. Because I think it, it, it evolves. I so mean, all the stuff that I was around for four or five years ago is now all wrong and it's like new no, stuff? No, it, 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 it's not wrong. It's just that like, the, there are ways of, of looking at it that are, are, are maybe simpler. Okay. Because uh, I think, you know, what happened was I, I So there's it. not 17 and a half levels to character B, like <laughs> when, you, when you taught? no. That that was the first class. <laughs> oh, I oh, oh, oh! Right. It was amazingly complicated <laughs> and, and unclear. Uh, but no, I mean, I've, I've I've had it down for probably ten, twelve years, okay. maybe. Uh, but it's again, like I said, it's it's, it's still changing yeah. because different people react to different things. Do you see? A, do you see a trend in improv? I mean, it's it feels like that. It's mostly all been long form for a very long time, at least as far back as I would say uh, 2005, six. That that's been the you know UCB and the IO. It's all. Do, do you what do you see as the next evolution? I'm always curious as what the what the next does the pendulum swing back to a different direction of short, quick, jokey things? Does it stay and go beyond long form? What, what do you see the evolution as being? Well, it's hard to predict the future. Uh, I think you know it's it's still. I mean, it's, and it's not just long form because it's, it's short form. Short form never went away. Yeah. Uh, I thought it lost favor, though, in some of the, the, the major cities. Like, not the smaller cities, but like in L.A. and, and New York and Chicago. It, well, there's the whole... There, I mean, there was... And, and I was one of those people back in the day. It's like, you know, I don't... Even though I did two years of short form, basically, at Second City. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was like, no, I don't, do, I don't do that. I do long form now. <laughs> right? So I, I had my nose up in the air about, about short form. Uh, but even as I was sort of being a dick about it. Uh, <laughs> I remember thinking, you know, you know, you know, long form is just like, you know, like a Herald is basically, yeah. it's, it's a bunch of games in a half hour. Uh, you know, it's a longer piece and yeah. I, I, it, it opened it up to different things, but it's, it's not a huge difference. We're still just basically pretending we're someone else. Right. And we're looking for the thing that makes the scene funny. Sure. Uh, and we're trying to build on that. Uh, so I think short form's still around and very strong. Comedy sports certainly hasn't gone yeah, yeah, away. Yeah. Uh, you, know, and I, you know, I thank God for short form in a way because short form, since Whose Line made it to television, basically showed America, hey, there's this thing mm-hmm. where we can just make shit up yeah. on the spot. Proven. And so that opens the door to a lot of people who's like, oh, if they can do it that way, maybe they can do it in the long form way. And so that they come into the room not quite as uninformed. Yeah. Do you th- so you think long form could work on television in a 22-minute format? That's very difficult. Yeah. I think what I've noticed was like back in the day, there was a thing uh, where it's like you couldn't guarantee a show. Yeah. You couldn't say that this show is always going to be good. Because, uh, you know, it was, it was, improv was really up and down back then. And, and there's plenty of shitty improv out there. But at this point, there are also enough extremely good improvisers where basically where you can guarantee a show. Mm-hmm. It's like I can guarantee you, you know, for the next twenty minutes, you know, it's it's not a matter of will it be good; it's how good will it be. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't think, I think I don't think me and Heather did a bad show. We no. we did shows that were worse than other ones. We did shows that were weaker by our standards, but there was no <clears throat> bad shows. Sure. Uh, Maybe one. I think there's one in there that might have been. We had 50 shows over there. I think one of them, I was kind of like, eh, that one. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Uh, but there are so many great players. Like in Chicago, you're, like a, you know, you're never going to see a bad 
TJ and Dave show. I don't right. think you're ever going to see a bad trio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt you'll see a bad quartet show. There's just a, there are a lot of good teams, a lot of good players that can basically. And, and, and once that becomes the case and people start to recognize it, then you can you know film it and put it on. Yeah. The problem was going to television. It's like, all right, now you got commercials. Yeah. Because right? if you're going to go on TV, you got to put some fucking commercials in there uh, to make your goddamn money. Yeah. M- maybe. Huh. No, I'm just thinking. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you did it on TV with the commercials basically built into the improv, like the set has Doritos yeah, on the or back. Or someone's drinking a... Like yeah, that. yeah. That could work. Uh, I think that like even on Who's Line, which, you know, Ryan and Colin and Wayne, they're all experts at, at that improv. Uh, we shoot way more than we put on TV. So we'll shoot for three hours to get two or three episodes. Really? Yeah. So we so shoot... you're cheating. No, no, we just, we show, it's like a sports highlight reel. We show the best of. Right. Yeah. And the, the ones that don't make it are never bad. We just pick the, the funniest to make, to give it a certain <coughs> level. We don't pick, I don't, Dan, the producer picked. It's interesting. Mick Napier, who I basically, I, I talk about, I think almost every podcast, uh, because something he, he said has made me think. He's a guy in Chicago. I've runs, heard of him, yeah. Runs the Annoyance Theater. Uh, but something he said that struck me. Uh, as far as like for improv to make it to like another level, we need to start treating it like it can. Whereas for the longest time, it's like, well, you can't do improv on TV. You know, you, you can't, you can't make it that. Yeah. And it's like, we need to stop treating it like it, it's not a product. Yeah. Uh, and actually to start looking at it like, well, this is a product. Yeah. So how do we sell it? How do we, how do we, how do we put it somewhere? Yeah. Uh, and when the community starts seeing it more as when, our own community starts yeah. seeing it more as something that should be made into a product, and then maybe it will. I think one thing that's great is that <clears throat> all the people taking classes, the young people taking classes, and the people you hang out with, and your friends, and you're all doing improv. Like, uh, realize that some of these friends you're hanging out with will go on to be actors, and some will go on to be writers, and some will go on to be executives and producers. And so, th- to have people that were a part of seeing something work and then move to these positions that can say yes to things, I think that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably you know, just happening. I think, I really. think yeah. Because I'm thinking I was, I was fairly close to the beginning in Chicago. I think I missed, like, let's say it began in the early 80s yeah. in Chicago with Dell, you know, just that. Mm-hmm. You know, I started in the late 80s. So I was fairly close to, like, what might be considered the, the beginning of yeah, all this. Yeah. There's the two places in Chicago. And those people are now roughly my age now. So they're all roughly 50. Yeah. So, and a lot of them are in positions like yeah. that. Uh, and they know it can work. Yeah, I'm just thinking like Adam fucking Academy Award nominated yeah. director of the big yeah. short. Uh, it's unfucking believable yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, and absolutely deserved for him. Uh, yeah, fuck. What? what? No, why, sh- why did you... No, 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 no. That doesn't make sense to say, yeah, fuck all of a sudden. We, were, should, we were having a I great conversation. I should have been in that movie. You're, well, he, I, he hired you. I, I should have been all you those didn't, parts. You couldn't take fucking direction, and he cut your scene out. I should have played all the parts in the big short. That's what should have happened. <laughs> should have been me with wigs, a lot of cuts. Uh, no, that was, just, that was an, amazing, an amazing piece of work. It was great. Uh, I really liked it. With short form. Yeah. Because it's funny, you tend 
when I speak to you, you're like, oh, long form. It's hard. It's it just seems weird. hard, you know, because I, I I can't remember a character's name for more than four minutes because of <laughs> it's true because of conditioning of short form. So it's like I know I got to remember her name is Jane for three minutes, and then I can let it go. So I'm trained at right. learn this stuff, and then in three minutes it goes away. That's my training over years and years and years. So when long form, I'm like, oh God, what? And I just kind of, hey, you know, give someone a name that's not their name. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then afterwards, they're like, yeah, um, you didn't really remember. You call people wrong names and confuse <laughs> the story. And it's just like, that's so Sorry. That's so unimportant. <laughs> it really is. It means like, because I, I get the idea of like, you know, it, it helps sometimes yeah. if you name people, you know, to so call them back or to be, be able to address them. Uh, but I'm just thinking for myself, and I actually, it's, it, it, it might be a false myself. I, I don't name people that often when I play. I right. sometimes, um, and I basically, I just hope I remember. I, <laughs> I, I, I would never think about it. Yeah. Because if I try to remember it, I'm never going to fucking remember it. It, it. Well, it's not even the names, too. It's just that the, it's you, especially on Whose Line, it's like, and the camera's on you. You start fucking talking, and you better say something funny in five seconds. Right. And you have to say something funny. There is no, but if I don't, my butt, nope. You have five seconds to do some wacky shit. And if it's not coming out of your mouth, you better fall on the ground and bounce like a seal or do some shit because this is it. You'll never come back again. So you have to find it. And you do. And then as soon as you hit that joke, it's the camera's on the next guy. And he's got five seconds to find something funny or he's fucked. And it's that for three that hours. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. But I, I, I'm used to that. So when I'm in a long form scene and there's like, you're supposed to develop and let, let silence sit. I'm just going, you have five seconds to figure out. <laughs> I just hear, you have, you better say some funny shit. Um, it's funny because I, I think sometimes in a long form scene, you know, the funny can come that fast, but it's never. No. But you're never sitting you, there going, I got to fucking hit no, it, man. No, well, you, you, you learn to trust the silence and, oh, we're, we're, but there, there is none of that in, in the short form. It's just fast, something funny. And if you're, if you're good at it, it will further the scene or endow someone else or uh, raise the stakes or start a back and forth pattern that you can then use and build. But if, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't, if you're not hitting something there that's helping, you just better be funny. Wow. Yeah. And you can't, but funny without, you know, you can't do the no funny, which is you always get a laugh by saying no. And then this shit's murdered. So it can't be a negative funny thing. It has to be a, that's like, it reminds me when I, when I, when Drew was nice enough to invite me down to Vegas yeah, to play yeah. with the, uh, uh, uh improv all-stars, he called us. The improvaganza. Was it improvaganza, yeah, that's what improvaganza. it was. Improvaganza. Uh, it was funny because part of me was just like, you know, f- fuck it, just play. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, well, it's short form and I don't know some of these people. And so there's that party that says, you know, just hang back. Uh, you don't, ha- you don't have to do a lot. Yeah. And it's funny because the things that I, I'm just like, oh, I didn't do this as well as I could have. Basically, because I was trying to do something I perceived was like, a, here's the, the joke. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, no, just fucking do what <clears throat> occurred to me. Yeah. Which was play the character. Yeah. And instead, I went for the joke, and that, that, that fell apart. And I was like, okay. So the next thing I did, I just went, I just played a fucking character. Yeah, yeah. And then it was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's always tough to show up in a group of people that have been doing it and try to, because they all have their own statuses, and they all know what they do. And when, whenever you show up in that and try to, 
find it's always really confusing for me to I, I tend to just kind of stay back but then it's like i don't feel like i'm i can't just sit at the back right. wall the host so i try to jump in then it's too late then i forgot their name and <laughs> this character's name and then it's like oh can i come back and play with you guys i think, again? It's, just, I think it's also just basic current i mean if, if i sit in with a new thing i'm not gonna big rig no no like, not, not big rig but just you know feel just right, to well, get the like what like that's, well, especially if, if, if it's some established thing. They have an established thing, right? Yeah, they do. And I'm walking into it. I'm not going to... I'm, I'm gonna, I'll find a spot in it. Right, yeah, exactly. All. But you have to find the spot. Right. Not, you don't just show up and know what the spot is. So that's right. kind of hard sometimes. That was fun. That was fucked up, that game you guys played, where you made Heather and the other woman walk around in their bare feet. Mousetrap? Where you, the mousetraps. They covered the fucking stage in mousetraps. Take our then, shoes and socks and off. Then blindfolded and blindfolded Heather and the other woman. Yeah. Uh, and then do a great scene. No, and then they have to do a scene <laughs> blindfolded on a stage covered in mousetraps. And these pricks are sliding the mousetraps like around them. To so fuck, to fuck so with they're going to step yeah. on them. Uh, I don't even consider that game an improv game. Because you, you could say nothing. There's no scene. You know what I mean? All the audience wants is from a step on the goddamn mousetraps. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, that's fucked up. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I, and I'm sitting there going, my toes, my little toe. Yeah. I don't want to get my little fucking toe caught in a mousetrap. Yeah. Game the nightmare. Yeah, I hated watching it's that. Fun. Yeah, I remember Heather. Heather at one point just like literally thinking because Heather will just she'll do anything. Uh, she just stormed across the fucking yep. stage and then stopped because she didn't step on a single fucking mousetrap. <laughs> one, one, one of my She's, favorite bits I saw someone doing that. I forget who did it, but uh, both people started on the opposite side of the stage. There's a hundred mousetraps between them. They're blindfolded. And they go hey, start the scene. And the guy on the left goes, ding dong. <laughs> Just like, ah! <laughs> such, a, such a perfect offer. <laughs> uh, That's nice. Colin uh, Mockery and Brad Sherwood tour quite a bit, and they've taken that mousetraps game to a, to a new level where now they line the stage with 100 mousetraps, and then they lower 100 mousetraps from strings at different heights in between. So as they're stepping on them, it's like, you know, this kind of thing. Hits their mouth and ears. And what the fuck? It's, they, people why love would it. Some, why would you do that? They love it. <laughs> it was, I remember the, the, the night I played, Drew also had found some game where you, it was a speed thing where as soon as a buzzer went off, you had to press your thing you were holding or you got shocked. Oh, that was, but we didn't do that in the show though, did we? Yeah, we did. In the show. Oh. He pulled it out in the show oh, that yeah. night. Oh yeah, it was one of those shocking yeah. You, you, everyone grabs onto a handheld controller. Yeah. And you press a button and this thing starts playing music. And then it, it, at any moment it goes eh, and turns red. You have to squeeze it quickly. And the last person to squeeze it gets a fucking terrible shock. Yeah. A and, really unpleasant fucking yeah. shock. And if you squeeze it too early before, like if you're trying to jump on it, like I'm going to beat it and then you get shocked. So it's just this hell, and there's no there's no way to avoid holding it without like you can't. Oh, I'm not. If I don't, you will get shot. Oh, yeah. and it's definitely past your elbow. I mean, it just yeah. goes. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I, I learned after because I, I didn't get it because I was happy Drew got fucking shocked. We put I'm that like, in the show. He put it in the show and he got fucking shocked. I don't even remember that. Wow, it's so weird. Oh yeah, I think he just found it. He just something he found. <laughs> I put it in the show tonight. Uh, it's like okay, all right. Any questions? Any questions? Yes. Um, so those nine oh, auditions... Hey. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I saw all... I like, I'm only now focusing and seeing faces. Oh, cool. Hey. Um, so those nine auditions for yeah. Who's Line, like, 
Walk me through your like mental state towards the ninth one. Like, did you, did you, were you just like, like F it at the end or were you like? You know, um... Last one was for the CW and I had then done a couple improv shows for the producer in England. There was one called Fast and Loose and there was one called um, Trust Us With Your Life that aired here. So I, I felt like by the, and they were like, come, come audition for Who's Line. And I was like, I just did two improv shows for you and I was really good in them. And I, so I said, no. And then they offered it to me. <laughs> so it was ballsy. I, but I, I was like, you've seen me do it, man. You've seen me kill. Right. I don't have to do that anymore. But the auditions, by the way, I used to think were brutal. And then now having been involved in like working on other improv shows, I think it's the only way to do an improv audition, which is you bring everybody in good that you hear is good or you send your scouts out to see. And then you bring in 100 people before lunch, 100 people after lunch. You do quick bits with them, short form, you narrow it down, you narrow it down, and by 7.30 at night, there's four people left. And I, I, I think 90% of the times I auditioned, I made it to that final four. Um, but no one would, got hired from that final four also about half the time. So, But that's the way to do it. You just have to put people through it all day and let them just see them do a lot of improv and then keep narrowing it down. That's the way I would cast That's an impression. There was a time in my life where that would strike me as as a nightmare, because I would because if you care so much, like mm -hmm. if you really want it, you care so much. That's a that's a fucking nightmare to have to go through. But if you just don't give a fuck, yeah, that's just a fun day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, back there. Yeah. yeah I was gonna ask. I mean, you guys have both done obviously different kinds of improv, and you've been part of the communities for a long time. So now that you're at a place where you've reached a modicum of success, where you never really have to perform to empty rooms. Do you think that it's still like a passion of yours that if all that were to go away, would you perform to rooms of this size for the rest of your career? Like, or, you know, like, would you still do it out of pure passion for small things like you did in the beginning at this point? Well, you better hope so because I'm still performing for this room. <laughs> this is the room I'm playing yeah, for. Yeah, no, I, I would always do it, I think. Um, I've done it for some, it was a place in Santa Monica called the Upfront Theater back in the 90s and man there was a maybe four people would come to see us do and we just did right. it more people on stage than in the audience and we just just had a great time and it's it's playing yeah yeah i mean i think i, w I mean I, I would all i mean i'll always do this it's just kind of it's too too much who, who i am uh i wouldn't I, I i'd enjoy more modicum <laughs> some more of that modicum of success there was a group uh, called uh, Off the Wall that we used to, and they were all, I want to say, 60s, 65, 70, and they would do a full set at the upfront. They had all had careers, and some did better than others, and they were still doing improv, and it was like they were having a good time. It's so, just fun. Yeah. Golfing is too expensive and takes too long. You should do improv. <laughs> you have to walk more. You have to, yeah. Anything else? Yeah. On the game show, have you ever had... Have you guys ever had a studio audience that was particularly memorably awesome, like just super fun? Yeah. Weird, because I also do the uh, the kind of the warm up for those shows too, so I, I get a feel right away. Sometimes they're just not having it, and it's just a, not a good vibe. And sometimes they're so loud and excited. It's great. The only the the the, the weird part that we I'm finally used to is, you know, the cameras are where you guys are, and we're here. And the audience is behind us. So we're doing a comedy show with the entire audience to our backs. So it's so weird to just be like, you know, telling jokes and 
they're behind you and sometimes they can't hear you. But you know the mic is hearing you. So you know that if you said something funny, oh, and that's good, you'll know it'll end up on the show. But they didn't hear you and they're behind you and it's quiet and they edit it to make it look right. And I, right. I trust myself now that I know that's going to go in there because that was a funny callback or a funny joke right. to what he said. Also, they're so loud. You can't tell from at home, but the audience is so loud. It's screaming for free stuff that Wayne, <laughs> it's true, that the, the Wayne couldn't, uh, couldn't hear himself. So he had to learn at the top of the show, hey, welcome, let's make a deal on Wayne Brady, that whole opening. He had to learn to know what it feels like means that he's making sound. So he would just trust that the microphone would hear because he could not hear what he was saying. And he learned like this vibration here means I'm talking at the right. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. He had to learn that because it's just just so freaking loud all the time in there. And they, <laughs> they turn that down for when you watch it, when they mix it for you people at home. Oh, us people at home. But but uh, but I should say that uh, we, we shoot. I think we're going to be shooting uh, like May we shoot four months a year, so we'll, I think we're going to start in May or June this season. And um, it's a great place if like, you're an actor or performer and you have some time off during the day. I mean, we tend to pick people that are engaging and fun and have energy. And so uh, already uh, being an actor and improviser, you're going to do well at that interview before the show. So no, please come. I, if you're I, listening, come. I, I wouldn't do well. No, not you. <laughs> them. So, so if you if you please come down and uh, and be on the show because we give away a lot of shit and it's great to have a nice new car all of a sudden. And God knows a lot of improvisers out there need some free shit. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of improvisers on the show, actors and improvisers, and that's so great. Just it's it takes a couple hours of your day, and if you're can can if you're likable and friendly or can fake likable and friendly. <laughs> you'll, you'll have a good shot of getting on. That's great. Anything else? Yeah, I was just gonna ask if you guys could kind of like narrow down a like lesson that improv has taught you or incorporated into your general habits of life that has nothing to do with performance. What do you think some of the biggest effects have been in your like long-term growth as an improviser in person? Really, I listen well to someone who's talking to me. Uh, I think less about what I'm going to say and more about what's being said to me. Like that just helps you across the board in every aspect of every relationship you have. And it's the same, but a little spin on that for me is that it's, you, you don't have to, don't worry about yourself being responsible for everything happening. You know, like when you're doing a show, it's like, oh, the pressure's on me to be funny. It's like, no, you're on stage with five other really funny people. So just take a breath and know that when it comes to you, you'll be great but people have your back so you can relax in life because the same thing in life. If you're nice and kind and good and treat people well, good shit will come to you. You don't have to stress about thinking it has to come to you. All right. I think that's a good place to call it. All right. Uh, I guess it wouldn't really. You couldn't really. Do you mind if we record? No, I don't mind it. Okay. I'm just saying, does it go on? It depends. Oh, yeah. No, it was just like there was one set that was like me and. Oh, Rhythm of the Rose? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sound. Chairs. All right. Thanks for hanging off with the set. Yeah! All right.
Uh, what's going to happen is me and Jonathan are going to do about 25 minutes of long form improvisation for you, and all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Butterfly. 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 <laughs> yes, yeah, so these. These are very rare. I'll take uh, three of them. Can you put them in one of those bags, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. These are. These are thirty thousand dollars a piece. These things are extreme. You know my face, yeah? Uh, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I want to know your face. I'm the mayor of your town. Oh, yes. You're the mayor. Yes. Well, I didn't know you were so wealthy. So that's. that's you're at ninety thousand dollars right now. You're, uh, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You, you want me to put just put them in a bag? Put them in the bag. Bag. It's my oh, son's right. birthday today. Oh, he loves butterflies. <laughs> These are all dead. Yes. Okay. All right. Put them in the bag. Put them in. George, right? George. Well, yeah. strange guess. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> Marcus George, from Martin Luther King High School. You still don't remember me, do you? No, I don't. You tried to put that life behind you, didn't you, Marcus George? I thought I, thought I did. By opening a dead butterfly shop? <laughs> Very high end. <laughs> Don't get many customers. Wasn't an accident I came in here looking for a present. You, are you buying these? Yes, I'm buying them. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so there's three butterflies. Ninety thousand dollars. I need a hitman. How much will that cost? <laughs> I, I, I run a dead butterfly. You tried to put that life behind you! <laughs> I'm bringing that life back. So you, you brought me a weapon? Yes. Look, it was, was a long time ago. Alright? And that teacher had it coming. There's <laughs> more teachers out there. <laughs> Yes, there's many, many millions of teachers out there. There are. I'm not killing them all. I'm not killing millions of people. <laughs> four. You just need to kill four teachers. Four teachers. You definitely. Yes. All right. Yes, now I'm holding the weapon. You don't need to. You don't need to. I have weapons. It's more like. Pardon me? That's more like it. Ah, uh, you bring me the weapon that I would kill someone with. You should have brought me a suitcase full of money. <laughs> I, I clearly have weapons, so oh here you go. Oh, yes. Oh. Ninety thousand dollars for the butterflies. Well that's for the butterflies, yes, all right. <laughs> and two hundred and twelve dollars for the Minimum. 
Did you sneak in earlier and hide a bunch of suitcases? <laughs> <laughs> Hand me a dead butterfly. Hand me a dead butterfly. I'm gonna get one of the ones you're, you Yes, purchased. that's fine, okay. <laughs> All of your friends could be back to life. Plus, $212. <laughs> I don't want them. I, you just, you just, you just lost $30,000. That butterfly is gone. It's not gonna come back and get back in the case. Are you gonna kill these teachers or not? Well, not for $212. $500,000. Or, that serum, which I won't use on the butterflies. You just brought something back to life. Yes. That's valuable. That has value. I may have that. After the teachers are dead. No, all right. <laughs> you, you realize that's like extremely valuable. $418 is its estimated value on eBay. <laughs> what? For a serum that brings the dead back to life? You know what it does to living people? No. Ow! Oh, oh, that itches. That's it's very itchy. That's <laughs> <laughs> itchy. Ha, ha, ha. 
shoving your dick into my side. That's not, that's not fucking, that's not making love. I've never actually, never actually had sex with a person before. <laughs> You've never had sex with a person before? No. Or, or anything else. I just mean I've, I've, ne- I've never had I'm a virgin. All right, I don't have time. My diabetes is kicking in. <laughs> we better go back to the boat so I can get I, I can get whatever shot I need. <laughs> There's shots on the boat. I didn't have to take you to the hospital. I was the- all delirious from diabetes. Just take me back, <laughs> take me back to the boat, virgin dick. <laughs> Paddle, bitch! Paddle! Yeah. Get back to that boat. I'm sorry. I, 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 I hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry. You hurt my feelings? I think I did. Pretty sure I hurt your feelings. I know, I know you hurt mine. I'm sorry <laughs> if I hurt your feelings. I just can't believe you're a virgin. You're, you seem nice when you're alone with people like me. <laughs> Tie it off. Not that. Yeah. All right. 
we got we to go deep, get deep sleep. Bed bugs don't. They, they know if you're only a little bit of sleep. I'm a light sleeper. I'm a light sleeper. <laughs> you, better, you better not fuck this up. You but I, 